we're playing golf. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm mean, trying to get that Tiger Woods, you know. Actually, my swing has gotten better. Uh, I used to suck. I still suck, but I can hit the ball now. <laughs> okay. That, that's the start. Baby steps. Yeah, which is better than I could ever do at baseball. <laughs> I still can't. True. I mean, well, baseball. that ball moves in baseball, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, if they throw it at you. And then somehow you're supposed to keep your eyes on it. <laughs> right, As a, right, right, right. You know, someone hurls a, a, you know, a rock hard ball at your face, and you're supposed to hit it with a little tiny piece of wood. Yeah, I, I still can't hit a baseball. Thank, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a one-year-old's birthday party to go to. So, none of your kids are one. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thank you for being observant uh, and knowing none of my kids are one. I, I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's in support of other friends, kids who are one. So, you know, and you know, those birthday parties are about the parents and not about the kids. Yeah. That that yeah, one year old doesn't know they were one. I'll be pretty upset if I go to a one year old birthday party and I know ain't no booze. Like a five year old, I understand. Kids actually understand what's going on. But a one year old, we shall be getting passed out drunk. <laughs> Hmm. One year old. Um, After the baby yeah. goes to sleep, obviously. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Sorry, you mean like after the party? It's the after party. That kind yeah, of yeah. There should be an after party for the one year old. I went to a, a two year old after party, and that was I. Ooh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up until yeah, until about five. All the yeah. parties are just for the adults. For the adults, because they don't care. They they they're, they're no. not even aware that even that it's even their birthday. Which is no one thing your parents could totally lie to you about is that hey, you know what? You were born on Sunday, January 57, you know, and you'd be like, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> you would know, not I. And then, like, plus, years I mean, that later, one is just like, oh, look at all these people. I'm afraid of all of them because I don't see all of them all the time. <laughs> oh, look at this cake. Oh, I'm going to smash it in my face. Oh, it tastes sweet. Now the sugar's <laughs> taking over. Now I want to take a nap. The end of party. There we go. End are. of party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's yeah. over. Yeah, people just taking a bunch of pictures just so they can say, you know, they were there. Like I told somebody, just like decorate one wall for photos and don't do yeah. decorations for the rest of your house. You like don't nobody gives a crap. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. But like a lot of people, not just people, a lot of like a lot of moms, you know, so there's some dads out here who do they they go overboard for their kids' first birthday party because it's their kids' first birthday party. It's like, oh, this new person's first party want to make it special, but they're like they're one. They don't give any. They don't give a butt <laughs> what's going on. Right. Like right. <laughs> they have no idea. They have no clue. <laughs> Absolutely. Like Absolutely. three, four, go all out. Three, four, go out. Start pulling it back. Five, six, seven, eight. By the time they're ten, just look at them. Give them a hearty handshake on their birthday. <laughs> <Keep them moving. laughs> That's what my parents did. Oh, it's your birthday? Well, here, you know, here's ten dollars. Go get yourself something nice. <laughs> a hearty handshake. You're almost ready for the world, son. You're almost ready for the world. Because <laughs> honestly, no one cares about your birthday but you. <laughs> so, right. right. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, for everybody who's listening and watching us, um, we have a great show coming up for you guys. We're gonna review Bullet Train. We're going to have a fun game called Can Jason Name the Movie That Brad Pitt Was In? Probably uh, not. We have a review of Prey. 
We're going to rank our survivors of Predators, and then we're going to talk about Sandman. And then in between all that, we're probably going to talk about a lot of shenanigans, but then at that, we hope to get out of here at the end of that. But you never know when it comes to how we get down. So, with that being said, I mean, Jason, I mean, before we even start the show, what are you most excited about right now? Like, right now, right now? Like, what we're, yeah, yeah, what we're, like, what we're going to cover? Or, like, right what now? What we're going to cover, or something you're watching, anything. What are you most excited oh, about right now? Jeez, that, that's a very expansive question, Jason. That's, I mean, I'm excited about life. You know, Dragon Con's coming up in, th- in three Ooh. weeks, you know? Okay. So, I'll be dressing up like, you know, a dork and, and going on with other dorks to be dorky and doing dorky stuff and getting drunk while doing it. Uh, pray. Oh, my goodness. Like, we will get to the, the review, but I'm excited. I, I have not seen a prequel in this long that I've been like, thank you. Yes. And, uh, All right. yeah. and then also, like, you know, Marvel stuff is coming out this month. Like, a whole bunch of stuff is coming out this month. Like, it should be a good, good, good month of stuff, of, of good stuff, or bad stuff. I don't know yet. <laughs> and I mean, maybe you could be even more excited about Dragon Con if Alex can come through and you can meet his sister and then y'all can look up <laughs> and be like excited about like the fandom, you know. So so ladies and gentlemen who who don't know this this <laughs> apparently like uh Alex Jason's good buddy, also a friend of mine that I met through Jason, uh has a sister who likes to do all the nerdy stuff. Uh never mentioned her at one <laughs> at any point <laughs> in our relationship. I've done it for like what a year now, maybe maybe a little bit over a year now. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And they and then these two guys try to like espouse her virtues to me, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> when you say espouse her virtues, they seem like we were like trying to sell her to you. No, nah, we were just like because as I thought about it, I'm like, oh, you guys do have similar interests, but like I don't know know her that well, but just on the 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 exterior of what I do know about her. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys do have similar interests, and I'm surprised it just never clicked to me in that ever yeah. until like that <laughs> moment where we're sitting at a bar uh, and Alex about is politics is halfway trying to be like, yeah, she's awesome, but also be like, what are your intentions, Jason? I'm like, I don't even know her, Alex. So like, I like right. to make friends with people. All right, you know. Yes. Actually, if you so, want to so hear it, okay, sister, she has a podcast called uh, "Corn of the Macabre." So it's on everywhere you can listen to us, and she's on those things too. I listen to the show a lot. It's like a um, horror kind of spooky coincidence in real life type of show, like oh, things that are a bunch of super supernatural in real life. Nope. So yeah, it's cool. But uh, okay, well, we know what Jason's excited about, and <laughs> now we can start the show. Welcome everybody to Head Cannon Circus. I am your host Jason, and then this is your other host, Lord Jason. Well, Duke you're a lord too, nerds, Jason. Dirk of uh, Duke of all nightshades. Yeah, I don't like to bring up my lord and it's like to be like be able to walk amongst the regular common folk without being harassed. So, <laughs> so, um, so like when the they when the uh, when the revolution starts and the proletariat rises up to to, the, to to eat the bourgeoisie, you'd be like, oh, I'm not part of them. I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. straight sellout, straight sellout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, y'all eating the rich? Oh, cool. That's great. <laughs> Right, I am right. not a lord. <laughs> I never want to get so disconnected that I become like Jasmine from Aladdin, where I think like eating from food stands are free because I don't understand <laughs> how money works anymore. So I never want to get that disconnected. So I want to stay with the ground level, stay with the folks, hang out I, with the street rats and the, the riffraff. And we'll sell out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will forget all my hardships. Like, what is this? What, do you have to buy your groceries? How quaint. What is this? What is this? <laughs> Look oh, at these man. I mean, peasants. it's more than one way to rule. It's more than one way to rule here. Are you drinking tap water from the tap? Your butler doesn't import it from Fiji? Uh, actually, funny enough, last night I woke up in the middle of the night and um, I've been saying that one day I'm going to do, I think I've told you this, like a stand-up routine at like an open mic night or somewhere. Um, but I realized like I have to start writing down material yeah, for that. It's, it's actually hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. So I actually wrote down my first joke last night, last night. And, uh, yes. And part of it is about like my kids being, you know, privileged, but also spoiled, but also being black and half white. And how I, in my house I have to teach them how to have like appreciate privilege, but also give them some black trauma. So it's a nice little <laughs> skit I got there, but it concerns like eating crabs is the way I teach this lesson. But anyway, off camera, off mic, we'll talk about the, the joke. Go oh, workshop it right now. Come on. I love workshop. Come on. <laughs> Tell me the joke. Come on. Make it punchy. Let's see. What you do? Uh, I'm, I'm not there because I have to practice it in the mirror enough so I can get the cadence <laughs> that I want to use for it. Set it up. Because yeah, if I just on. read it, it's just going to be like, oh, okay. But I want to get like the cadence and knowing to pause and knowing to like to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I got to I got to work on the presentation of it as well as just the joke. So. Yeah, yes, I'm excited 95% about that. Ninety-five percent of it is is the presenta- presentation, and the other five hundred you know, percent being clever enough to you know write a joke because it is hard work. <laughs> yes, I had yes, a friend yes, yes, yes. who hates stand-up comedians because they're like all they do is sit there and write jokes. You mean like like it's their job? <laughs> like, yeah, they're not spontaneous <laughs> with them. It's like it's like yeah, it's like those musicians who sit there and write songs. Those silly people sitting there mm-hmm. spending wasting time being creative to tell to make you laugh. Yeah, doing their job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so. But again, I guess one day I guess I'll display um, my joke on Head Candy Circus. Just you know, give everybody the the sneak preview of it all. Um, but yeah, if you haven't been with us before, thank you for joining us. We are show run. Handled, created, produced, edited, all by blurbs. So we out here in these streets, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't know what a blurb is, Jason? It's a black nerd. It's pretty obvious. Go Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Google is your friend, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want to. And plus, we don't want to mansplain to you anything. So uh, with that, we like to sit in the genre of sci-fi, fantasy, horror, predominantly. But anything that's in the nerd spectrum, we pretty much will get into uh, comic books, comic because today we're going to have a huge thing about comic books because Jason's going to school me about some stuff here today. Maybe not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just going to say that just to be fun. Let's just say you will. Let's just say you will. So again, for those that are listening to the show, remember we're doing Bullet Train. Check. We're going to play a game that you can play at home too called Name the Movie That Brad Pitt Was In that Lord Jason's going to be playing. Check. Oh, we're going to review Prey. <laughs> And check on Hulu, and then we're going to put our together our list of our top uh, Predator survivors in order. So check that, and then we're going to finish off with Sandman, uh, the series on Netflix, and let Jason tell us a little bit about to Neil Gaiman and all that good stuff because I am unfamiliar with his work. I've heard the name, and I constantly keep saying I'm going to read it, but I've never read anything from him. So um, this will be a good tutorial for me as well. So guys. Buckle up, get your predator list ready. So if you want to pause right now and get your predator survivor list ready, Which get I'm that going. Doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to 
calls and start looking up names for Brad Pitt characters just so you can be ready, by all means. And I kind of try to keep those Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt characters kind of more in the action genre so you don't have to worry about some role he did like in Thelma Louise. So even though I was thinking about putting it in because it was an iconic role for him. But anyway, that is going to be our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So um, Duke of All Nightshades, do you have anything to add to this before we jump into our first review? Let's just have fun, everybody. And I'll try not to tell people to uh, do certain things to my anatomy that uh, probably should not be said on. on. So no taint <laughs> licking. I'm writing that down now. <laughs> Let's see if we can hold you to that. Uh, Let's just Lady wait till Bug I get to my an... prey review. <laughs> All right. Ladybug is an unlucky assassin who's determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs have gone off the rails. Ha 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 ha. Fate, however, <laughs> may have other plans as his latest mission puts him on a collision course with a lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicted objectives on the world's fastest train. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the summary of a bullet train in theaters right now. Like I said before, if you have joined us, you know what to do next. If you have not, me and Jason are going to proceed to give you a one sentence review of what we think or thought or summing up the movie. So, Jason, what is your one sentence review of Bullet Train? Thomas the Tank Engine is never wrong. <laughs> Absolutely correct. My <laughs> one sentence review is this is the best Netflix anime that Netflix will ever have of all time. Thank God it was not on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing so... that Netflix ever produced. <laughs> right. That's not, not on even Netflix. on Netflix. <laughs> Uh, before we jump right into our review, let's take a second for our ad. I'm wearing a In Your Face Art shirt, inyourfaceart.com. And I have some bad news, guys, or some good news, but how you want to look at it. He is shutting down his website starting August the 31st. August the 31st is the last time you can buy these delicious, wonderful, colorful shirts. I'm wearing the Blue Squad shirt right now. Got Vegeta, got Sub Zero up here. Um, but How's- yes. August 31st, he's shutting down to revamp and remodel his store and business structure. Oh. So, yes, he made it. How is this good news? Where, where is the good news of this? Well, yeah, the good news is going to come back with some more heat. The bad news is that if you don't get this heat that he already got, it may not make it to the new store. So, inyourfaceart.com. Rock with the boy. He's a good artist. He's a good buddy. And uh, he make, like I said, the shirts are dope. Every time I go out with these shirts, somebody always says, oh, man, I like your shirt. Every not no matter where I go, I just bought an Afro Samurai one that Jason saw what is weekend. Everywhere I go, mm-hmm. hey man, I like that shirt. I had a Red Squad one that had Mario and the Knuckles and a couple other people. So yes, you'll be stylish. You'll look good. Also, it's not just a cotton shirt. It's that kind of mesh, kind of feeling workout it's shirt. So it actually, yeah, feels comfortable, <laughs> nice and loose. For a big body like me that sweat a lot, I feel good in it. But anyway, inyourfaceart.com, guys, go ahead. Make sure you go ahead and check that out and uh, get you some. And then, as always, we do push. We got our nerd focus. And uh, we'll have the link that is in the description of this video. So you can go get you a case, get you a taste. Tell us what you think. You got the calorie-free or sugar-free. And they have the regular version. So it's all good there. So thank you all for participating to our corporate sellout model. And now, Jason, what do you think of Bullet Trade? Bullet (laughs) Trade. Oh, man. What a fun movie. Uh, Yeah. This is these are the kind of movies that I kind of like. It's it's it tries to be clever, but it's not really all that clever. It's there's not really like you're going to figure out. I mean, 
I wouldn't say you're going to figure out what's going on, but you're going to notice that there's obviously something going on behind the, behind the scenes and how all these characters are connected together. But uh, yeah, you know, anything with Brad Pitt in it, Brad Pitt's going to, it's going to be the Brad Pittiest Brad Pitt of all Brad Pitts. <laughs> and like, you, you can't, they, there's, you can't go wrong with Brad Pitt, especially when he, he's having fun. He's enjoying himself. It's always going to be a good time. Um, my boy, Brian Tyree Henry, man, that kid is a star. I know he's not a he's a grown man. He's not a child. He's he's a grown man. Him <laughs> paper boy, and Aaron, that paper boy, yeah, paper boy. <laughs> him and Aaron Terry Jackson is Tangerine Lemon. Like I remember, I'm sitting in the movie theater watching this movie. Uh, they come on, they they get introduced as characters, and I text them, they better not die at the end of this or I'm gonna be mad because <laughs> they just like even though uh, this train is you know, obviously filled with a bunch of bad, dangerous, murderous people, you know, they're still, like, entertaining, and, and some of them are, you know, uh, sympathetic, uh, you know, uh, uh, particularly Lemon, uh, Lemon and Tangerine, those two characters, because they are the twins, they are brothers, and even though they might do bad things, they care for one another, and you get to see that throughout the, the movie. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Logan Learman. As the son uh, did not notice him until I looked at the, <laughs> looked at the uh, the cast list, and I'm like, ah, oh, that was that does look like Logan Logan Lerman. Um, everybody in this movie has has did a great job. The one thing that I could say that was uh, two things I could say that probably I want a little bit more of was uh, the uh, a little bit more of the Hornet by Zazie Beats and the Wolf and. Those two characters, that was Bad Bunny, I guess. I don't know who that is. Is that a rap singer? Bad Bunny? Is he a rap? rap? Oh, you you gonna get us canceled, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. One of those, Bad Bunny, the, the, is that, the he's biggest one of those, music superstar in the world right now. Yes. One of those guy. rap guys? I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Yeah, so that, the biggest superstar in the world right now, that guy. Does he does the hippity hop? That's bad. But either way, I wish there was more of those two characters. Uh, they kind of got the short shift in a very, very stuffed movie. Uh, they pretty much introduced the wolf and then uh, he's out of the the movie i'm not gonna say how but you can probably figure it out it's one of those kind of snatch-esque movies or or your your other you know british gangster comedies where you know all sorts of weird shenanigans are going on with all the sorts of weird storylines and they all come together uh michael shannon uh really great as the white death uh this whole movie is just it's fun it just seems like everybody was having fun um Particularly, uh, Joey King, who who plays the prince. Uh, I hate everything she was in. I hate all those kissing booth movies. I think they suck. I was fine with her being in this movie. She was a fine, fine uh, addition to this. She actually, you know, was menacing at points. Uh, pretty clever, and uh, she got what she deserved. So that was great. So yeah, this movie is is fun. It's funny. It's got some good action scenes. A lot of implausible shits happening, but it's you. You get what you want in the ten. It's it's supposed to be silly. It's supposed to just be like a a string of of happenstances to turn out not to be happenstances, just coming together. And it's good. It's a great. It's just a solid film that that was fun to watch. So yeah, that's my 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 review of that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. This movie is uh something I've kind of wanted in a long time. I mean, this is the epitome of a live action anime, even to the how they have to stop and do everybody's backstory to catch <laughs> yeah. you up to like the moment of where they're at. Like it's so one as an anime fan, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
And as one is Jason, who doesn't enjoy anime art so much, he got to take away the art aspect and just get to yeah. the fun parts of anime, which are the fights, the, the, the crappy dialogue, and the flashback sequences so you know that everybody has a backstory and history before they got on this train. Look, guys, I'm not going to mince any words on this and just let you know you have to buy into the goofiness. If you mm -hmm. do not buy into the goofiness, it does not work. And you go, well, Jason, what do you mean by into the goofiness? It's a lot of moments in here that you're going to be like, there's no way somebody could do that. And I'm going to say, you're right. <laughs> but if you can let that ride and just enjoy it, it is a fun time. It is probably one of the funnest times I've had in the theater in a very long time. The cameos, like he, he mentioned some of the cameos already, but it's a lot more cameos that are awesome, well-placed. But then it's just fun. And this, what this movie more made me miss, it made me miss, or oh, I wish that we could either clone or reverse time for Jackie Chan. Because this oh, would have yeah. been a great vehicle for Jackie Chan to be in. Because even Brad Kitt's character had the kind of Jackie Chan action style, like hit stuff and his hand would hurt and... He couldn't figure out why everybody's trying to freaking kill him and like you know it, <laughs> and he was trying not needed. to kill people he was trying right, really right. really hard not to hurt anybody <laughs> right right yeah exactly like take you should take the gun no nah, i think <laughs> i'm gonna leave it no you should take the gun so but yeah it's very very fun and very goofy and when i say it feels like anime besides the action even that anime trope of the reluctant hero if you want to call anybody a hero in this movie uh only i think only real hero in this movie is scorpion which I can't think of Homeboy's name, but anytime it's a Japanese guy that needs to be played, Homeboy does oh. it. Uh, the dude that played Scorpion in the last Mortal Kombat. He's a beast. Hi um, Hiroyuki Sanada. Hiroyuki Sanada. Yes. He's probably the only hero, real hero in this whole movie. But besides that, like I said, um, Brad Pitt does the reluctant hero thing where it's like, guys, I just want to just do this mission. Like, just leave me alone. I don't even know who you are. Like, but <laughs> I mean, you can say going. that Ladybug is not much of a villain because he's just doing, I mean, yes, what he's doing is illegal, obviously, but he's not really there to like, all the other people are there to do bad stuff where he was just Yeah, like, but he's not a hero. Yeah, but he's not, he's not really a good. villain. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's definitely not a good person. I mean, like, he's a good person, but he's not doing good. You're right. Um, He's a bad person that got reformed into a yes. decent human being. To a to so, a somewhat decent human being. So shout he's out better, to his therapist because they did a good he's job. Better than that. that dude, Mr. Carver, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Uh Jason kind of hit it on the, the, the characters, man. Uh Quicksilver steals the whole show. Not not Ralph Boner. I mean, real age Avengers <laughs> 2 Quicksilver. Uh he steals the show, man. Like every scene he in is he's chewing up scenery. Then you're right. David Tyree is great in it. Paperboy bought that paperboy. He holds his own, but it, I feel like Quicksilver was just on another level of just, just chaos. And both of them use very, I would say Quicksilver used very little words to display his badassery, where David Tyree was definitely like the talker of the two. But when it came down to being physical, he was very physical. Um, but also, this real shining star of this whole movie is the water bottle. And when you see the movie, you'll know why. So <laughs> yes. shout out to the water bottle is probably they the even... character of this whole movie. <laughs> they even uh, do a, a flashback of the water bottle as well and see how it got yeah, to where yeah. it needed to be. That water and bottle so, came in clutch. <laughs> yeah, and Jason kind of mentioned a lot of stuff, so that's why I don't want to go too deep into some of the stuff. But storyline-wise, guys, so this reminds me of, I don't know if everybody recalls, it was an era in Hollywood when Tarantino had just did, and uh, Robert uh, Rodriguez had just did, like, 
Dust Till Dawn, and then El Mariachi, and then Desperado kind of came out after that, and then Pulp Fiction kind of came. And then everybody in Hollywood scrambled to get like those kind of movies made. It has that kind of storyline set up, like a Tarantino, Rodriguez kind of like, this is happening independently, this is happening independently, but as it keeps going, they get closer and closer together once it gets to the end. I usually hate those things because I feel like the best people to do it are the ones who do it. Uh, the that only one I can sense. think of that was done well was like Smoking Aces, but the rest oh, of I them always like... Aces. Yeah, I was just saying, that's the one I think it was done well as an imitation of those two guys. This will probably fall in right in is my second favorite, like imitation of that kind of style where it works out very well. So the storyline is kind of shallow and just convenient. But again, <laughs> we're talking about guys trying to fight on a bullet train. Everything yeah. is going to be shallow and convenient. So <laughs> this again, is not King Lear, everybody. <laughs> right. Again, got to have buy-in. If you got buy-in, you can roll with it. And then same thing but the action. The action is frantic. I feel like the the actors in this took this very serious and really went through a lot of the fight choreography because one thing you can notice in action films where you can see where they really did the choreography, the camera just will sit and watch it. Rather mm -hmm. than a lot of times movies, they'll have the cuts and the edits they to kind of blend in. This. Yeah. Right, right. This one had a lot of resting moments that you could just see what's going on and clearly see that it was the actors, you know, doing these moves right there. So I thought that was really important for a movie like this that would technically have very tight surroundings. They did very well to make each cart feel a little different, but then the fight scenes in these carts could either feel very claustrophobic or very open and it, by how the, the, the fight was played out. So I thought that was a very articulate way for them to do the action scene in here. Um, yeah, man, I just had fun with it, man. And I just, uh, just a nice little fun Brad Pitt romp here, man. I, I don't have anything I, really bad to say. It's just only getting bad to say is that if you, you can't buy into the premise, you're going to hate this movie. If you can buy in, I you'll feel love like, it. I feel like Brad Pitt, Bri Bri Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, even Joey King, they did this, these things so effortlessly charming that you can't help but to buy into the silliness. Like, I've, especially with Brad Pitt's character, you kind of like you're kind of rooting for him. He's just so, so nice and so so welcome, like a breath of a fresh a breath of fresh air in in this in this movie that you're just like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go along on this journey with you, even though this a lot of this stuff is implausible and I don't understand how this all came back to this one thing, but that's fine, it's fine. You 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 sold it to me, you know. So right, I, the 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 performances in here are are really really good to to let you you know, suspend your disbelief and all the, the shenanigans that are happening in this movie. Uh, so what do you give uh, Bullet Train? I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. Yeah, four out of five. I'm right there with you, man. I can't <laughs> complain about it. Four out of five. I loved it. Thought it was fun. Can't wait to watch this on repeat views and laugh at some of the silliness that I might have missed. Yeah. All right, Jason, you got your thinking <laughs> cap snake. on. You ready? You ready? For okay, this put event? me on the spot. Right. Put me on the spot. Okay, here we go. Everybody we at go. home. So what we're about to do now is I'm gonna name some character names in movies. And I'm so like cheat. you know how like I don't <laughs> know people's names in real life. So, but I, I know like one character from a movie they did, and then that character for the rest of their lives. I feel like it's very hard for actors like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise to pick one character and they, they're that for forever. I think that's why we could call them Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and everything. So I'm gonna name some Pitt character names. And then you're gonna tell me if you can remember what movie this is now. Jesus Christ! With that this, being that, said, let's do everything after he was 2000. <laughs> no, don't yeah, do look, no 19. 
uh, I'm gonna start you off easy, man. It's gonna be real easy. So, uh, the first one for everybody at home is Tyler Durden. Oh, Fight Club. Come on. I, okay. 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 Look. Look. We don't. We don't talk about. I that, should take, you know? if, you, if you don't. If you don't give me that one, I. I mean, I should. Y'all should take away my my movie card and my black <laughs> card because it. You know. Oh, if you were a, a a dude in 1997, you should you should know who Tyler Durden is. <laughs> look. We don't talk about that club. What do we talk about less, Bruno or Fight Club? Uh, I would talk about Fight Club less because those guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the anarchists? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're going to throw another softball out to you. Right, Achilles. Achilles. Oh, Troy. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah, ding, right. ding, ding, ding. Correct. Now he's going to pick up some fucking his, his very first acting credit. <laughs> You know, we the guy on the couch in True Romance. <laughs> no, I said, I said again, I'm, I'm keeping it more to action films. Okay. Another one, John Smith. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. All right. Now we're going to start ramping up now. Now you're warmed up and feel comfortable. You feel confident. You got some gives dance, me the softball, so make me seem like a genius. And then it's just going to be, it's going to be all, all, right, his, um, all his acting credits in Julie, when he was in Juilliard or something. All right. David Mills. Oh, that's seven. Ooh, I, I, I'm, you know what's funny? Each one of these, I'm like, oh, if you need a clue, have a clue. And I was really looking forward. So you've been like, oh, I don't know. Let me get the clue. Because I wanted to do, the, what's in the box? <laughs> Come on. That's one of my favorite movie quotes. I even quote that to my, my son's mom all the time. She's like, what's in the box? And I'm like, when the pouch was head. <laughs> right. Correct. Or, or Shortage's cat. Either or. Um, Don War Daddy Collier. Don War Daddy Collier. Damn. Uh, this is not friends. All right. Wait, okay. Give me the give me the hit. Give me the hit. Uh, he hangs out in a tank with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's uh Fury. <laughs> yep. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> All right. The next one. Jackie Kogan. Jackie Kogan? Is this once upon a time in Hollywood? Nope. No, no. Jackie Kogan. He played a guy named Jackie Kogan. Mm-hmm. Give me the hint. Give me the hint. Give me just keep the hints. Uh, he is the he was the hitman for the mob and mafia in this movie. Killing me softly. Yes, correct. Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't think you would get this one. <laughs> I just okay. watched that movie like three weeks ago. <laughs> All right, uh, Lieutenant Aldo Rain. And glorious bastards. Come on. Yeah, I figured you would get that one easier. All right. Here's one, and this one, this is the only one I think may clip you up. Metro Man. Oh, uh, Megamind. What the fuck is this? <laughs> okay, <laughs> correct. <laughs> and the last one I had listed here was Keith Booth. Oh, sorry, Cliff Booth. Excuse me, Cliff, Cliff Booth. Booth. That's that's the one from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Correct. Damn, you got them all, man. Clean sweet. Man, I thought you were to give me like. <laughs> The dude from Thelma and Louise, like his character name. No, nah, he nah, was in that nah, movie. That's that. like one of his first acting <laughs> credits. <laughs> Man, Jason with the Queen sleeping. I wonder how people. Well, Jason answered so quickly, so I don't know how people did at home. So what I'm gonna try to do is when I edit this, leave a little <laughs> yeah. small gap and give them time. <laughs> Just freeze frame me like like this. Like yes. <laughs> Man, good job, man. I, I look, I'm impressed because you know me. If it was reverse, we'd have did this, I'd have been like, <laughs> Brad be like, Pitt. name this person. I'd be like, oh, that's that movie Brad Pitt was in. 
<laughs> yes, we, yeah, that's the premise movie. of the questions yes. that you're asking. <laughs> the Brad Pitt movie, yes, that movie. <laughs> the one where he ate an apple, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, man. Look, Jason. Uh, I mean, if this is why he's the Duke of all nerds and the Duke of nightshades, I was a Lashley kid when I was when I was small. My parents just let me out and be wild. And uh, I watched a lot of movies. <laughs> That's what happened. There you they go. had to go to work, and I stayed home. And remember their names, too, that, of the characters, because that's impressive. All right, let's do this. Prey follows the story of Nara, a young Comanche woman who's been training herself as a healer for her tribe. She dreams of becoming a hunter like her brother, much to the uh, discretion of her contemporaries and with the support from her brother, but when a new predator arrives, she must use all her skills and talents to survive. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, again, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. If you're not, you've been here before, you know we're going to do it like we always do it. We are going to give a one-sentence review of Prey. Jason, what is your one-sentence review of Prey? We've been hunting for a good predator movie, and now we found one. Oh, you son of a bitch, that's a good one. Oh, I don't think of that one good. So my one-sentence review is... This predatory movie preyed on my heart, and I'm happy, and my happy face was one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> I love how we all had to put fucking uh, <laughs> puns about <laughs> praise and, and hunting in this. Absolutely. So, I'm going to go first this time, because Jason went first for Bullet Train. What do I think of Prey? So, finally, the predator has returned, and he is one ugly motherfucker. But now we get his origin <laughs> story. So, in my rock voice, I want to go, once again, the Predator has returned to Hulu, which would think would be a downer for anybody who's watching this to go, oh, with the Hulu, this is trash. I will say it's a treasure because I've made a vow that Predator, Terminator, and Alien, I will no longer spend my money on. They have crapped on me too many times, and I have not recovered. So doing this on Hulu was a straight treasure for me. Because it ended up being a good movie. This is finally someone figured out what made Predator 1 very good. Outside of the 80s nostalgia, the 90s, 80s, and 90s <laughs> nostalgia, and one-liners, they realized that what makes Predator good was that you build up your heroes to be badasses, and then you have the Predator learn how to dispatch them. Or when you have the person who beats the Predator... They figure out how to do it based off a skill set that they weren't familiar or using all the time. And they did this perfectly because part of the Predator thing is you have to build up the people. Most of you watch the initial Predator run. Yeah, you see some stuff through his helmet and his eyes, but you really don't see him interact with anything and do much of anything. Most of the time you spend yourself with Arnold and his crew. Predator 2, they show more of him. He's like hanging out on rooftops and he's doing a lot more and you see it because... For some reason in our minds, when something cool comes along, they think, oh, we got to show people more of the cool thing. And it's like, no, it's usually cool because you didn't show us all of the cool things all the time. Think about Alien. The cool thing was the Alien. You didn't see a lot of the Alien in Alien. But going to the point of all this is that they figured out what makes it work. What makes it work is that you build the people, you care about the people, you care about their situations. And in this situation, I think they use a coming-of-age story Mixed in with a predator with a predator story, <laughs> which I thought was genius because I would have never thought to be like, oh yeah, this would be a good way, a facsimile to say, hey, this person's trying to get to this level in this performance in their tribe. 
what better way to learn that is through the actions of taking down a predator. Um, the the characters in here, I would say they are very, they lack a lot of character because a lot of the characters are like fat Frenchmen, Frenchmen that can speak her language. Uh, people in the command. <laughs> His name was Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> her brother, her, then the rest of those yeah. Comanches. Like, so you're not, you we don't, don't speak epic. Comanche, so that's why we didn't get these names. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Like, so you don't get like in the first one where you like all the, the tropish action hero types. So you know them by the tropes, but this one you don't get that as much. But I think because the story, like I said, is a coming of age story with this young warrior, it makes sense that you just only know the important people here. Uh, so the characters, I think, for what I what I concerned with, I thought were very well done because Nora's the Nora's the focus of this. Oh, and her dog, if you want to add the dog in. Um, also, the the still, you know, the scene stealing performance is from is also the most. I guess I want to say pulls me out of the movie performance, but works is the CGI bear. The CGI bear is the most important thing in this whole movie, but also the CGI <laughs> looks very bad on the bear. So you're still oh, like, dude, they, they could have touched this it. up a little bit. <laughs> it was going to Hulu. They only, they only had so much time. <laughs> <laughs> right? But the, yeah, but the bear is awesome in this one. Also the, the predator and his physicality, because I think that's a huge thing with predator. It's some, Things that I think the physicality means something. Like Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth, the, his physicality means something in the overall thrill of the movie. So here in the Predator, you do have that sense where it's like you want the people you like to survive, but the rest of the people you're like, oh, shred their asses because you just want to see the yeah, yeah, you want to see die. the physicality of this 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 Predator man, and it, it it works out very good in that situation. So I don't know who who's in behind the makeup and the mask for Predator, but that person did an amazing job of just the presence being known and felt. Um, one of the biggest scenes I loved in here with the presence piece of it is when they're running through the field and they're trying to go and you see the Predator, like, because he's in his um, he's in his uh, camouflage, camouflage mode. He's running through the field and you just see the speed and rate in which he's going compared to the humans. Like, that is something that is an easy, easy scene to shoot but also builds a lot into what the character is about and just how like he's stalking and he's hunting. Um, in his earlier stuff, I know that Jason's going to hit on about his his leveling up. Like I feel like both sides were leveling up till mm -hmm. they finally when they get to their encounter, which I thought was dope. And so, like I said, the storyline, like I said, I think it's a very good coming to age story. But I think even this story would have made sense if you would have shown it through the Predator's perspective because of the things they do with the Predator a very, like I said, again, it's a build-up situation. It's like he's leveling up as he goes through the whole movie, and so it works well in, on both ways with that one. Um, action scenes on here, like I said, are dope. One of the biggest things I liked about the action scenes is that each group of people had a different way to fight, and the way they yes. fought were... Yeah, yeah, they, they showed it, <laughs> so it was great when, at the end, when Nara had to use her abilities, but she had to put a little... A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, mm -hmm. and a little bit of herself to form her ability to be able to take down this predator, which I thought was very genius. Which spoiler because... alerts everybody: the predator loses, guys. It's, it's, oh well, it's a predator. Movie. If you didn't we know, know that, you watch it. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, no, the so predator finally just... wins. He gets, he beats everybody. He gets on the ship and he leaves. He goes, "That was a fun vacation," because he's only right. on vacation, right? <laughs> this is his weekend for him. He's like, "I got to right. go to work." He's thinking about ten other things. <laughs> 
like, it's like when people leave to go like to like a hunting site. This is yeah. like the predator's hunting site. Oh, oh, I've had a tough week at work. Ooh, yeah, I, I guess I'll go to the hunting go site this let week. Let some steam off. <laughs> go hunt some humans. Right. <laughs> So I thought that was really uh, a great way they had the, the action build up for it as well. Uh, shout out to our brother because he's a total badass. badass. But uh, when it's all said and done, man, it, this was just a fun, fun movie. I think it clipped at about an hour and 30 minutes. So it's not really, really long. It gets right to the point, but it also has some good visuals, some good moments. And look, this may be a return to form for this one franchise. Now I need Hulu to fix some other trash ass franchise. Got next. one out of ten, guys. Right, right. Uh, Jason, your thoughts? All right, so I'm gonna get up on my soapbox real quick here, just just because you know, uh, as people who consume media, we also have to consume, uh, you know, the general vibe of things. You know, we're always on the internet, things and stuff like that. And there have been a lot of people, uh, just in the last who who have pretty much downplay this movie because of the main protagonist being a female female being a woman right and Mm -hmm. uh they say a lot of stuff like uh you know how could she beat the predator when you know you had big strong soldiers that couldn't even do it and all this other stuff and like you know she's just a mary sue and all this other uh pretty much sexist shit because uh people are stupid and obviously that you know did not watch the film because this film, watch the film. <laughs> this film uh, does all the things that as a masculine minded hetero cishet man wants a, a, a female character to do like she was already capable in a number of areas but you see her iterate and practice and fail and adapt and do more and and he doesn't just go up there and bare knuckle fights the predator and just like I beat your ass. Like she she uses her environment, she uses her knowledge, she surprises, she does all these other good things, and they show her progression up to this point. She didn't always, you know, succeed. She does the first time she went to hunt the uh, the cougar, she did not succeed. The cougar knocked her out. She she did end up wounding it, but she failed, and her brother took mm-hmm. credit for it. But you know, later on he tells her, I, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, you see that she's already intelligent and has skills and capable, but she's also building upon that capability as well throughout the movie. And which is great, which is phenomenal. It's awesome. It's the best part of the movie is watching her. Also, like real quick, like you could tell the people were saying they didn't watch it because it's a point in the movie where she literally says, he doesn't view me as a threat. That's why he let me go. Like, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, go ahead. Um, which is great. I, I love the fact that they did this in this movie because this is the the sort of criticism that you know just sexist dudes have. Uh, I I know they they pretty much have said this about oh I don't want Shuri, Shuri to be Black Panther because she needs to train first. That bitch is the smartest girl in the world. You think she couldn't figure out in her warrior culture how to fight without a freaking montage? Like get out of here. Like or we you didn't think get... that she was never trained by the all <laughs> yeah. the warriors that walk around. When <laughs> we... women are the warriors in that tribe, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry. it's, ahead, it's just <laughs> obviously it's just sexism. But this movie does the thing that should placate these sexist ass assholes. Basically, on top of that, this movie is freaking great. <laughs> this movie is phenomenal. I I enjoyed every second of this. As I said, I enjoyed the fact that even though we are introduced to Naru and she is a capable woman, um, she's very knowledgeable in herbs and, and because of the things that her mother taught her, but she's also trying to be a hunter because, you know, the people in the tribe, 
don't think she can. You see her, you know, work through those struggles. You see her overcome those things, overcome those hurdles. And it's, it's, and it's a very natural progression to how she's able to fight the predator at the end versus, you know, her other, you know, uh, fellow warriors being able to also all get beat up. But even though those fellow warriors, they're badasses too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also sets the stakes because these guys are probably, you know, there's a, a scene where the, the, the predator takes on the Native American warriors and these guys, they're landing some blows. They they doing it. They 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 taking it to them, right? <laughs> you know, this predator was was bit off a little bit more than he could do. He ends up winning, but like these these Native American warriors are probably the best set of warriors to ever have been in a a predator movie, and it's for mm-hmm. a good reason too. Um, the only thing that I personally did not like about this movie was the general facial design of the predator itself. Um. Predator has such an iconic design. I I I don't like how in pre in the, especially in the previous couple movies how they have to like upgrade the Predator somewhat or like you know like to some some extent they always have to be like some sort of super Predator some new design that makes the Predator is already good enough. Like we don't need to to change it enough. I do like the fact that this Predator is a more scaled down version because yeah, this movie takes place three hundred years in the past, so this Predator isn't as technology technologically advanced as other predators but i just didn't like the facial they could just use a regular predator for that the, the mask is cool but i yeah, just yeah. wish that its face was like a regular predator face that's just me that's just my personal opinion other than that like this predator is cool you, you actually like get the menace of him um because as jason said he does he's also leveling up himself he gets there He's not fighting humans at first. He's not stalking. He does. I don't even think he even knows they're there. He's fighting nope. snakes and wolves, and he brings it to that bear. That bear thought it won, and he's like, "Ah, uh-uh. <laughs> that was just round one, man. <laughs> come on, turn your ass around. Come on, come on, here, get this whooping." This this movie is it's it's fun. It's exciting. It does the things that you want in a predator movie. It has cool kills and gore, and 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 then you have a. a uh, a protagonist that uses her wits and her smarts and her environment to overcome this impossible task like that these burly super armed people couldn't overcome which was the point of the predator if you haven't watched the first one Arnold Schwarzenegger with all his muscles and guns and stuff could not beat the predator until he mm-hmm. took it down to a more primitive level and used his wits and his smarts and his environment to beat the predator guys so yeah, you can make not like this movie because the first half is a little slow. That's fine. But if you think this, she's not believable as as someone who can take down the predator. You're just a dick. And I told, <laughs> I told not. I'm not going to say it. So I'm not. But you understand where <laughs> what you can do. I'm implying really heavily. Just look at the comment section for the comment video for the Elvis, and you'll understand what I can tell. I tell you about that. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> of the the team. All right, yeah. Jason. What did we? What did you write? Pray, five out of five. This, the only reason this is not my favorite Predator movie is because of that handshake in the first one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is it. The atomic handshake. The <laughs> atomic handshake. Uh, I'm gonna do it a, a four point five out of five. I really, really enjoyed it. The only thing I take back from it slightly is like, as much as her brother is a, is a, a BA, I still don't like the way he kind of went out. 
Like, it was just like, oh, my journey in gold. And I'm like, bro, you were winning. <laughs> you could have won. Why don't you right. fight? <laughs> you were winning. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason I'll take it down just a notch. But no, I love this movie. And again, if, if they need to go to Hulu to get it right, Terminator, please. Alien, yeah. please. Slot right on over. Let's make this thing work because Prey is a very good beginning to hopefully a few more movies we can get out of this that kind of helps level out the bad with the good with this series. Um, and actually, speaking of this, go, go uh, one last thing. Also, with this, uh, Dan Trachtenberg is the director of this. He's the director that directed uh, Tin Cover Phil Lang. I don't know mm-hmm. any of his other credits off the top of my head, but when we come to these franchises and things like that, and you know, they always go back to the original creators and shit like that, who obviously have lost idea like they have no more ideas on this thing put these stuff in the hands of new people you know who who care about the subject matter you can tell in this movie that the the director and the writer and whoever all the people behind the scenes were fans of this franchise you know a lot of the stuff they they harken back without being on the nose like haha look what we did isn't that the thing that you like without being uh you know overly you know, uh, nostalgic without being overly on the nose. You can tell that they put the craft, the love and the craft itself. And, and, and that shows on the screen and we should just do more of that, please yep. put it in the hands of people who care about the subject. Facts. Facts. Um, so let's jump into our predator survivors, man. Right. We're, I, I'm trying to figure trying to figure out a creative way to do this. I just think it just go F it. Um, who do you have at the bottom of your list, Jason? Uh, the bottom of my list would be, uh, what's his face? Looking up the character's name, Royce. Royce is at the bottom of my Royce. list. Royce. Okay. So that's Adrian Brody. character from yeah. Predators. Uh, no, let's, let's time out. The bottom of my list is anybody from the Predators movie. <laughs> the Predators. So yes, that's mine. Yeah. Quinn and Casey. So I have Casey at the bottom. That was a Psylocke. And then I have Quinn. I don't know if he's ever been in. Yes. They're the two at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're Completely I would have put Sterling Brown on it if he would have survived, but <laughs> just because he was black. But no, they, but yeah, no. Uh, not even mentioned even on the whole entire thing is anybody from Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Um, don't even remember there's characters in that movie. I don't. Nope. I don't work. <laughs> so that's even further down than anybody in the Predators. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just totally completely disregarding anybody in those two movies <laughs> okay so we're knocking royce. those off the list <laughs> yeah so then royce after that the, the beginning of your official list is royce okay it's royce yes. um I, I have royce higher i think mine actually is going to be from the same movie but it's going to be isabella who survived with him because i feel yes. like she was more useless than he was but <laughs> she's yeah she's on the bottom of my list um Going up higher, who who do you have next on your list? My next that? is Isabella, because, yeah, she is more useless. I generally <laughs> just don't like her as an actress, but that's just me being a sexist pig and, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, Alice Braga, I, I'm sorry. I'm sure she's a wonderful human being. I just don't like her acting. That's all. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah, she's those are the those two are on my bottom of my list because uh, Adrian Brody is about as bland as he can get in, this movie, in that movie, and she's just only reason she gets a step above him is because she's a woman. Yes, affirmative action. <laughs> um, so I don't have <laughs> that per I actually, and you're gonna shit on me, and I know it's a black show, but I have Lieutenant Harrigan, man. I, he's my Isabella. Like, and, and I'm gonna give you the biggest reason why is because most of the movie, the predator wasn't even after him. 
<laughs> so like didn't he even know he was there because he just yeah it was like you know how, like when you play dodgeball and it's that kid that sits right up in the corner that you think is like out already so you throw it at other people you that's him that's him for the brother too and and, and look and also like I feel like and I, I know I shouldn't put this on Danny Glover but I'm gonna put it on Danny Glover. Him beating the predator made, made everybody kind of lose all respect for predators everywhere. <laughs> like it was like, hold on, the old dude from Lethal Weapon that was like, I'm he beat Danny Glover. He was 85 years old, <laughs> and he beat the predator. No, no. And then also, I think everybody, anybody that fought a predator in a city is low on my rank. That's why Quinn and Casey are at the bottom. Not only because the movie was bad, because they fought him primarily in the city. Lieutenant Harrigan again fought him in the city. I feel like the predators, for how advanced they are and how many times they've come to Earth. They have not figured out how to hunt in cities. They let's just also, get discombobulated, man. Let's also stop and, and think about the setting of that particular movie because that movie came out, I want to say, in like 1990, right? And yes. it's supposed to take place in 97. And there's this yep. idea in like the early 90s that in the late 90s was supposed to be like this hellscape of just violence. Like they did in Demolition Man, they did in like yep. a lot of other movies, like I well, uh, Escape to New York is in 97 or whatever. And it's like, y'all really hated black folk back then, didn't Because y'all? <laughs> y'all just thought we are just going to be like, you know what? There's a lot of us now. It's going to be crime everywhere, motherfuckers. <laughs> we just keep multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> like, all those uh, but, movies from, like, the early 90s, they just had, like, the year 1997 was just going to be the worst of all time. But go on, go on. Hell, go isn't, on. isn't RoboCop in the 90s, too? I think so as well. I think yeah. Robocop 2 takes place in 90, 97, but you know, All right. so someone fact check and get in the comments. <laughs> right. All right. Who's your next? The next one after after Royce, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dutch. Sorry. <laughs> we we are almost in sync there because my next one is Royce, but then after Royce, it is Dutch. Um, look, it's nothing bad we can say about Dutch. I just think the only thing I can why he's lower on my list uh, compared to the other people is that one he he was trained for this shit. Yeah. So like he he kind of had the upper edge too. <laughs> Unlike some of the other people on this list, he was able to see this thing dispatch so many of his other people that it was almost like he could learn the lessons of their their fatalities to better himself. So he's a little low on it because I feel like if it were more equal, Dutch takes that L immediately. He would have been one of his troops because he'd have tried to shoot him and do other shit, and he would have died. So he just, just happened let, just to outlast the other ones. <laughs> here's my problem with Dutch: he let all the colored people die first, <laughs> and then he figured it out. <laughs> so, oh, oh, now I think now I get it. I know I go. I know what's happening now. <laughs> you didn't tell them to get to the chopper. Fuck you, Dutch. Uh, <laughs> I know what's. I know. What, I know how to beat them now. After I see all my black friends die. <laughs> oh, but before I did have Dutch, I did have Royce, and I mean, I actually didn't mind Adrian Brody's performance because it was what it was. I enjoyed the premise of Predators with the S on the end. I just oh, yeah. think some of the execution was suspect with the whole class system with the Predator crap. That was whack. But okay, so we're at Dutch. Uh, so who's your next one after Dutch? Uh, my next one is going to be Mr. Larry Fishburne, Nolan. Nolan. <laughs> Yeah. Know this from Predators, guys. The one with Adrian, Adrian Brody was talking about. Yeah, because even though he did die in that particular movie, he had survived for a long time in Predator Predator Land. 
Predator Game World Land. So he actually makes it on the list out of and he's also Larry Fishburne, everybody. Like, come on. <laughs> right. right. Um, I don't have, I think after my Dutch, I have I don't have no Nolan's my number two, actually, being quite honest with you. Nolan's my number two just for the mean as you said. Like he he lasted yeah. numerous game cycles. <laughs> and not to mention that not even the fact that he lasted numerous game cycles. If you watch that movie, that environment was like terrible. Like it was other <laughs> animals that could have killed him easily. It was and like 1997 Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> 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 but I got horns. <laughs> 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 All these out there having wars and things. These hybrid dog wolf things are everywhere out here. But yeah, the fact that he had to survive like all that terrain and the the, the 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 re-up of the games. Yeah, Nolan's on my list there too. Uh, but I think where you have Nolan at, I actually have uh Lex from Alien versus Predator. Uh Sonali's uh, yes. character. Because she is higher um, on my list because she's oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, so well then sorry, go ahead, continue. What's next to you? Oh, well, well, my next one's gonna be Mike Harrington because Riggs, he's old. <laughs> Because also, I saw that movie at a time. Actually, I I watched this movie with my parents. This movie came out in 1990, Mm. which means I was five or nine or uh, what I was born in 83. So I was I was I was seven when this movie came out. And I watched this rated R movie with my parents. And that was like the first like black action hero that I've ever seen was. Danny Glover's old ass too old for this shit. So that's why he's higher than my list than 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 even a Mr. Larry Fishburne. <laughs> All right. All right, what's your next one? After that would be uh Sanaya Lothan's character. Um what's her face? Because uh, Lex, yes, Lex. Predator. Not only does she survive only... a predator, she survives a fucking queen alien. <laughs> and then predators gave us some daps at the end, like, yeah, we cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like we're friends now. You want to come to my birthday party? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, and then we realized they didn't do a good job because the face hugger got inside one of the predators. But that's neither nor Such here. Well, there. My biggest problem with those aliens versus predator movies, right, is that the predators are so great that they can take on like a squad of highly trained. Marines or or Green Berets and like decimate everybody but one, right? Mm-hmm. A highly trained squad of Marines can just kill thousands of aliens, mm-hmm. you know. And yet, like they sent like with their C team in to go deal with these aliens, like like only one of them gets back. Like, <laughs> like these guys should have cleaned up in there. Like they should have been like, oh, this is this is easy. This is like should be easy mode for them. And like only one survives. And then the alien versus predator, uh, the sec- requiem. A dumb name for a movie. Yes. Uh, you're not as clever as you think you are. 13 year old boy who wrote that script. <laughs> yeah, Requiem. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good word to use. Yeah. It's between that or Zenith, one or the <laughs> other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who's next to your list then? Right, what are we at the top? Because we're I think we're at the we're top. Pretty much at the thing, top right? now. Yeah, Naru yeah, yeah. is my my on my top. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She so, she uh, does everything that you want her to do. She's great. Uh I love her. I love the actress, um, Amber Mid Thunder, which is an awesome name. I'm yep. geez, <laughs> incredible name. So yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, so run down our list real quick. Um, 
My number one is Naru as well. My number two is Nolan. Three is Lex. Four is Dutch for me. Five is Royce. Six is Lieutenant Harrigan. Uh, seven is Isabel. And eight and nine are quitting Casey. That is my <laughs> list for survivors of the Predator franchise. What about you, Jason? I forgot what my order was. <laughs> um, I want to say I Naru, think, I think Lieutenant Na- Harrigan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Naru, no, uh, Lex. Mike Harrington, Mike Harrington, uh, was after that. It was uh, nope. Nolan. Oh no, Dutch. I think it was Dutch. Dutch, for you. Dutch Nolan, um, Isabella, and Royce, yep. and everybody else can go die. Eat a dick. Yes, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Uh, please tell us your list of survivors. Oh, we may have missed some survivors, or you guys may jump into like, oh, you forgot about the survivors in the video games in the comic books. Please add it to the list. That's we did fine. forget I know about Dutch has a brother uh, in the comic books. What's her face? Uh, Lena Cantrell, the Hispanic lady. Is she? Uh, oh, she's from five. the original, from the second one. Oh, well, not from the for not. Well, we forgot about her too. But for the second one, the, the detective who was pregnant. Oh, well, but yeah, he let her go because she had a baby. Yeah, I mean, she did survive. Yes, yes, she that's surviving. She like he's if you <laughs> yeah, the whole train died <laughs> except for her. That's surviving. <laughs> she is surviving. You're right. Uh, she's low on my list too because the predator was like, "I can off you, but you pregnant, so I'm gonna let you ride." Uh, get to <laughs> the chopper just... chick. She didn't get the. She you know all she did was scream and run, and he even admitted in the thing that because she was defenseless, he didn't he didn't X her either. So. And like I, also, they're further down my list because they just like he let them go. It wasn't like they thinking about thinking about that. Like, why was she even like? Why did they even bring her along with her? They killed all of her friends, and they're like, "Yeah, you're coming with us now." Um, for what reason, guys? It's like she's better off. Y'all just left there. That's her country. Like, is she going? Y'all gonna fly her back to the American Air Force Base? And like, she, like why? <laughs> like, because she's like I call I can just colonization. That's why I can just go home, guys. Uh, y'all have fun. I'm just gonna. Huff it back to my house because I right. live around here. Colonization, <laughs> that is why it, it, it's in the white You're man's blood. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we conquered this. You got to come with us. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a request. Get to the chopper. It was a demand. Get you the chopper. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well. This one I'm going to take a back seat in, but uh, I'm pretty sure others are going to really, no, really enjoy stay in this. the front seat. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how uh, I, I go into this dream. Morpheus, the king of dreams, and one of the seven endless, is captured in a occult ritual in 1916. After being held captive for 106 years, Dream escapes and sets out to restore order to his realm. The dreaming, ladies and gentlemen, that is the summary of Sandman, the Netflix series based off the Sandman comic book. Again, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you. If not, you know what we're about to do next is we're going to do it like we always do it. We're going to do a one-sentence review of Sandman and Netflix series. Jason, what is your one-sentence review? Don't sleep on the show. Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, this show gave me a lot of emo dreams and some weird heartbreak. <laughs> or was it heartburn? Either <laughs> or. <laughs> All right, Jason. Tell us about Sandman. So a little background on this. This is a this was originally a uh, series of 75 uh, graphic novels or comic books, if you want, uh, written by Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different uh, artists worked on it over the 10 year course of this 10 years uh, between this 
comic book and uh, The Crow, I made my entire personality after. <laughs> this was a formative. This is probably the, one of the things that actually got me into reading comic books was this was this uh, was this series. And uh, yeah, this is like the uh, love child between Dashboard Confessional and Robert Smith, the cure that a baby who only lived in the year 2001 and only shopped at Hot Topic for all their life. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, this show, it starts off a little slow. Um, it starts off a little a little bit on the uh, the hokey side. There is a lot of hokiness to it. But very man, is it very sleepy like. <laughs> yeah, but man, does it not, it does not hit you right in the, in the right spots. Um, this is probably one of the best adaptations I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, that's including Game of Thrones season one. Um, this is almost like shot for shot a remake of the books. There is a, a little bit more streamlined to the story because in the comic book, it's more of Dream just meandering through and just occasionally doing things that he has on his on his goals. It was mostly just him remembering things about the things that he did and having conversations with people and occasionally like, oh yeah, I got to get my mask back because uh, I need that to, to help with my powers. And this one, this is definitely more of a straight sort of storyline rather than this plotting exercise on how great Neil Gaiman can write, which is great because on the side of real quick, like <laughs> it, is the mask more important in the books than it was in the series? Because I feel like he did a lot to get the mask and it was and, like Nope. Never saw it again. Never saw oh, okay. it again. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Go a ahead. lot of the stuff, like you know, like yeah, he gets the mask back, gets all the stuff back, and then, as I said, in the in the comic books, it's like, yeah, you never see him wear that crap ever again. <laughs> like he doesn't even think about it ever again. But this stuff does do some of the great stuff that they do in the comics, um, particularly when he goes into hell. Uh, I that's probably one of my favorite moments, even though they switched up a little bit in the uh in the show rather than the comics. Um, that whole sequence of having a hope in hell is just like ah it was amazing and it's amazingly shot Gwendolyn Christie oh so great as Lucifer um mm-hmm. they're just like the performance in here are just all a lot of excellence um the dude that plays dream his name is uh Tom Sturridge Sturridge he looks a little bit weird at times because there's a lot of times they give him like because you know dream is not a very emotive person uh, unlike a lot of his other siblings, he's a very stoic kind of guy. He's always got his lips pursed and he's thinking and stuff. And they do a lot mm-hmm. of angles where they just make him look a little silly because let's just be honest, like the whole uh, Robert Smith, who they did uh, actually model Dream after, sort of aesthetic has uh, long since played out. <laughs> it was kind of like on its way out even when I was a teenager, but it's it's long since played out. And it's it's kind of a silly looking at this pasty white dude who's skinnier than 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 prince was in his prime uh trying to be <laughs> <laughs> trying to be stoic and it's like oh get so, someone get that dude a sandwich man he looks hungry <laughs> right but, right i digress <laughs> this show does a lot of really good stuff there's a lot of good storylines here um i feel like for the most i feel like as i said the, the first half the first few episodes were kind of slow i feel like they kind of don't get to the point until the very last bit of the ep- the very last episode of the season. But mm-hmm. that, as I said, is kind of like the comic book, except this one is a more full focused direction. In the comic book, 
you gotta you gotta find the point somewhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> after like 50, 50 issues, like, oh, there there is the point. I think I, I think that was on that panel where the point was. Um, but there there are some episodes here that are just pure masterpieces. Um, particularly the diner one, uh, as I said, the one in hell, and then mm-hmm. uh, my personal favorite, and I'm trying not to give any spoilers out here, is the one with death. Yes, and, yes. Uh, like I'm a I'm a blubbering mess by the end of that episode. Yes, um, I I wish like I'm not a religious person. I will never be a religious person ever and again in my life. But uh, if there was some religion where they just said that's it, I would be like, cool. I sign me up for sign me up for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I I ended up really really loving this this series. Um, I this. Is one of those things that uh, Neil Gaiman came back and he was the uh, creator of this. He had some hands on, so like the adaptations, you can tell there was care and craft in this adaptation, uh, because you know, unlike the Game of Thrones for the last few seasons, you know, the uh, the actual creator of this was there and kept the the other people on on task, you know, rather than uh, you know them just like oh, let's just, who cares about the story? Let's just mess it up. So. <laughs> This is great. This is great stuff. Uh, also, a hundred percent more black people than there are in the comic books. So <laughs> that's also a, a plus because uh, uh, a lot of this uh, stuff in the comic books is a bunch of just yeah pasty white folks and 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 stuff. And this one actually uh, realizes the world is a lot different than than mm-hmm. that. You know, even though Jason would say that their their depiction of of Cain and Abel is wrong. At least they were brown. <laughs> let's, let's take let's take oh, let's, let's take the yeah. small wins where we can get yeah. them. Let's take the small wins where we can get them. Because <laughs> so in the comic books, they were white. <laughs> so oh wow, well, well I can't blame an old white yeah. dude not knowing that these jokers would have been African, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there is some really really good stuff here, and I definitely definitely suggest people watch this stuff if they can get over the fact that sand that that sand man. AK Dream, AK Morpheus, Morpheus. <laughs> looks like a dork halfway through most of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I joke one, he got too many names. Two, <laughs> once you like the early episodes are very slow and dreamlike. And I, I held on because I'm like, oh, everybody keeps telling me how great this is. I will say, bar none, it looks beautiful. It's shot beautiful. The rumor was it was like 15 mil per episode or something close to that. Dang. If that's true. You you can see it all over that screen. I mean, there's some scenes in this show that are hauntingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care for this as much as I thought I would, man. And I think because my expectation wasn't what the reality of it is. Now, granted, I made sure that I didn't read anything on Sandman and all that because I wanted to have this contrast with someone who's read the material versus me who have not. Um, it's cool. I'm with you. The last episodes, once they got to the death episode, I felt like it started really ramping up. But mm-hmm. when they got to the Rose Walker stuff, I was really enthralled by that. But I was more enthralled by the Rose. I guess that's the problem with it. That's my issue with it. Everything that doesn't include Sandman was awesome. <laughs> and it's the, movie, the show is called Sandman. Like, only thing that was awesome with Sandman was the part where, like, at the end where he's creating things. I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah. But everything else, I kind of was just like, nah, like Corinthian. I wish she was in in more of it. Like I wish she just would have. He was awesome. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, Your boy just, Boyd Holbrook. Oh, so good. So yeah. Good. 
I, I and I think felt like I, I don't know. I was missing. I was missing something that I don't know if it was that the books add that I needed to know, or I just felt like I don't know why this is supposed to be important. And I know they kept stressing the stakes of this, but it never felt for me that like Dream actually cared about the stakes until like the stakes kind of made its way to him. Like shit's fucking up, and he's like, "Oh, she showed up in my throne room. How did she do that?" And it's like, <laughs> "Oh, because she's this." And it's like, "Oh, but this gonna." But like, you, you can know that. You, how does everybody else in your kingdom and your kingdom starting to fuck up, and you don't realize your kingdom's fucking up? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it bothered me that like he's supposed to be this great, powerful thing or entity, and he felt dense, stupid, and dumb half the time. Isn't and he? then <laughs> the times where he did feel like a ruler. It was on some stubborn rule and stuff, which I'm fine with because that could be a personality trait. And they did kind of explain that through the, the thing. But again, all the things that I enjoyed the most were the stuff that just was not including him. Now, I guess you can make the argument that the shroud of him being in the in the area is part of the tension. But like Matthew, the 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 Raven was way doper than than anything Sandman did for me. And then like again, I just I felt whelmed. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you're, just, so you're not overwhelmed, you're just whelmed. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't which is good to be whelmed. whelmed. Because yeah, you're right. Look, my two favorite episodes. One, he's not into the very end of it, the diner. Yeah. Death, he's in it, but his participation he's a, in this he's a casual the, observer. Right, right. It isn't the cruxes of why it makes that, that episode so dope. Now, I guess you can make an argument his presence allows those conversations that are really dope to be like that, that whole death scene. It reminded me of um, the, the before series, like before sunset, before me, well, Ethan Hawke and I can't think yeah. of the chick's name, but how they just Not walk Ethan and Hawk. talk through the whole, the whole <laughs> movie. It reminded me a lot of that. And I love those movies and I love that because of it. Cause the things they were speak about and talk about were very like on another level of just, Hey, like you ever thought about this or, you know, we serve them and we both it was a very insightful conversation that made me understand the endless way more than anything that happened before it. But again, like I said, like that episode was death. Death made that episode dope. Mm -hmm. Nothing that he did. So I think that's what bothered me through this is that I never once felt that like you know Morpheus was a reason or pulling the train of this show, except for yeah, his interaction with Lucifer was pretty cool. Uh, he does pull the train in that situation. So I could, I guess I'll say that. Um, but the one thing I was excited for, and it will, will never happen, but if, if uh, Netflix is smart, they'll make it happen. They just back up the Brinks trucks to the Winchester brothers and include Supernatural because Azriel <laughs> is the same demon that killed the Winchester's mother and, and uh, Sam's girlfriend. And it gave Sam the powers and fed him demon blood. So now you can just have a crossover event with Sandman it's... and the Winchesters. And this would make all this all better because now we just follow him and then Impala and have to worry about Sandman at all. He could be like... Is it Supernatural in the, in the DC universe? <laughs> is Supernatural? I mean, it might as well be, right? It's on yeah, WB. Yeah, yeah. It's on CW, yeah. so it is. It is. Let's yes. just go ahead and throw that out there. It yes. is. <laughs> so let's just go and integrate them on in and cross that over. Or you could put, I guess, their, their father and mother when they were younger, because I think that's a prequel series coming out. Just throw that up in Lucifer and it's just make it happen. And I'll be happy with anything the series does at that point. So that's my review. <laughs> Whelmed. <laughs> as a person who uh who read the who read the series, or at least a large portion of the series, because there's a lot of fucking books. Um 
I understand why you think why you see that that Sandman is kind of just like there because a lot of times it's just him observing things. Like even in the comic mm. books, he's he's just there when things happen, and he's just like kind of thinking about it. It's like, ah, oh, that's kind of nice. That's cool. And he's not. And like a lot of this is, and this is like the first season. And hopefully, they get more of it. A lot of this is him becoming more proactive because for the longest time he's just been kind of like a blase observer. And you know he just kind of like been kind of hands off, like ah, I'm just I'm just a guy, you know, I'm just a guy who just does stream stuff, like. And because of him being captured, and he's kind of like has to be shaken out of that sort of like you can't get, just can't stand back and watch. You got to be more proactive. And I, I think, especially after the death episode, you know, you see him stepping up to being more active. But yeah, he definitely for a lot of this is like he's just there. And like he's not really doing, not really driving anything. But you know, as I said, like you know, he's probably the least interesting part about this whole entire universe. It's just that this mm-hmm. universe kind of resolves revolves around him. So yeah, but still, yeah, I have the real question for you. What was more? What is more haunting, the convention in this one or the convention in witches? Oh, the witches one, man! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Angela, the real witches. Angela used to come up with the long nails. Yeah, like, oh. I still get nightmares about that, man. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in defense, like those witches have to usually turn those kids into like rats before they would yeah. eat them. These yeah. cats was just like, nah, we take on all challenges. Adults, <laughs> kids, it don't matter. Like. <laughs> Freaking, uh, I don't remember the like, oh, the collectors and like, get out of here. <laughs> I would be very, very upset if that many serial killers are active in the United States right now. I'd be like, that that is horrifying. <laughs> hey man, I'm white terrorist, man. Be careful. They, they got serial killers. It was a very diverse crowd, country. man. There were there were all sorts of people, serial killers in that crowd. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, nah, that's not that's not realistic. <laughs> just, a bunch of, <laughs> just a bunch of skinny white dudes. <laughs> Please. But one black dude like avoid. can I join? Like, no. <laughs> Avoid all serial conventions if you can. Avoid all serial conventions. With that being said, Jason, what do you give? What do you rate, Sandman? I'm gonna give it a, a four out of five on this one. Yeah, uh, the the things that made it the that made the season for me were so excellently well done that it kind of overrides the uh, the sort of other hokiness to the season. So I think that's why I give it such a high high score. So I was cedaring because I was between a, a two and a three. So I'm, I'm gonna give it a three because if you don't watch anything, just watch, that diner scene is worth the price of admission. Uh, diner yeah. episode, excuse me. Even the, the the scene, the um, the the visual at the end is just worth the price of admission, and the death episode is worth the price of admission. And then once you get two episodes, what basically seven, eight, nine, and ten, you pretty much are in a, one whole storyline that works very well. So which is pretty much half the the ten episode run. So I'm gonna give it a three. I, I didn't hate it. I just I get, I don't know what I was expecting to either. So that's why it's unfair for me to judge it. So I think I was expecting like some dream magic fights and some <laughs> coming out here. Like that. I've right. been captured. Like I, now it's time for you to dream on. Errol <laughs> <laughs> Smith is <laughs> laughing in the back when he says it. Uh, As I think dual pistol wielding. <laughs> right. <laughs> then who who wins? Uh, Morpheus or Freddy? Morpheus, by far, know, dude, guy, oh, no, you don't understand. <laughs> this dude is endless. <laughs> All right, he does end up spoiler. He does end up dying in the comic book and gets replaced 
by his son. But this dude is in, like, he's always been. He, Freddie wouldn't exist without Dream. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm still taking Freddie, man. Nah. Fuck, fuck uh, emo, man. Yeah, the Corinthian could take Freddie in, in, in a heartbeat. Oh, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. In, in the dream realm, uh, Freddy's undefeated in the dream realm. You know, we didn't see Corinthian in the dream realm. This is, he got his know. ass whooped. That's why we didn't see him in there. That's why he left. He was like, I'm getting tired of getting smoked by these kids in the dream realm. But being a nightmare, because in the real world, it calls real pain. Would, would. Put, your, put your own views in the comics. I think Corinthian and dream, either or, smoke Freddy. Put him in, put him well, in his place. Yes. Sandman technically would smoke Freddy, because technically... The dream gods is what gives Freddy his power. Exactly. Go with the, the, the mythology. So that means Morpheus would have had to given Freddy his power, and we see what he can do to things that he creates. So you're correct about Morpheus. Corinthian, on the other hand, <laughs> Corinthian getting his boot smoked. No, nope. because Freddy's <laughs> killing kids in their dreams. Corinthian had to leave the real the dream world to kill people. <laughs> yeah, so right there. So it's harder. It's harder for Corinthian to kill people because he had to go and do it in the real world. Freddy got all his little tricks and stuff in order to kill people. He, when he gets to the real world, guess what happened to Freddy? He gets beat. He still kills people. He gets Just, beat by little girls. He gets beat too. He yeah, by the fucking endless god who creates <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Plus, we it, it, it's up because we didn't see really see Corinthian fight nobody because no. every time he's about to fight somebody, they like cut away. And it usually or, was like Old ass men and women that he was beating the brakes off of too. He wasn't fighting nobody. He was definitely uh doing something else to him. <laughs> facts, uh, facts. All right. Well, that being said, guys, it is some people's worst part of the show, but to me, it's usually my favorite. It's when we get to leave you guys and go away and disappear for a whole week and then reappear next week like nothing ever changed. This is the end of the show, guys. Thank you all as always for listening to Ed Cannon Circus. Please remember to. Like, share, subscribe, follow us on all places, Head Cannon Circus. That's YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter, everywhere, just anywhere, everywhere. We're just gonna make it all work. Follow us individually on Twitter, um, at, at Rise Novemberist, and we're on Instagram as well. So just you know, support us. We'll be here, we'll be there, we'll be everywhere. We're gonna kind of like I keep saying we're revamping some things to make some synergy so it's easier to find us, but then also. We're gonna do we got a couple of special flares coming up in the next couple of weeks, but um hopefully you guys enjoy this because we enjoy doing it. And again, thank you all for watching. Jason, any final words? Uh are we gonna do uh bodies, bodies, bodies this is coming up? Bodies, oh, bodies, you bodies. know we are yeah, doing so bodies, bodies, bodies. That's coming out this week, so y'all be prepared for that. So uh, but also uh, always be kind, be considerate, and uh please tip your servers and bartenders at 20%, if not more, if you can afford it. Um, Jaren doesn't serve tables anymore, so if you just see him on the street, give him one, one, two, old heave ho. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week. Look, the only dream master I respect is uh, Frederick.